You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 299. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 299. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello. Well, hello, Mama. Hello, baby girl. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Except for those crazy North Carolina allergies. Yeah. Lots of allergens out today. Is that a blanket on your car? Oh, no. That's just pollen. Just pollen. That's all. Do you have a yellow car? No, it's actually gray. But... It's actually purple. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the pollen. Yeah. We've been adjusting to our life in the South and love it, but every time spring hits, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, allergies. Mm-hmm. Hope that you all are feeling healthy and beautiful and having an awesome May so far. This week, the the week that this airs, is my 40th birthday. Ooh. So this drops on the 13th. My birthday is on the 15th. Wow. 40 years of age. I'm kind of contending with it a little bit. Yeah. It was interesting because I was having, I was processing some stuff. I was kind of emotional processing things with my mastermind yesterday. And they were bringing up stuff that was going on in my life. Like, hey, be gentle with yourself, blah, blah, blah. And one of them's like, and you're going to be 40. And I was like, like, just start crying even harder. You said that as a plus? (laughs) No, like uh, there's shit going on in your life. Oh, you gotcha. And, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm super happy and and grateful and yeah. grateful to be hanging out with you. And we have an awesome podcast on the lineup for you today. This is actually stemming from a blog post that I wrote, I shit you not, like seven years ago. Wow. And this is going to talk about five ways to check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself. <laughs> no, funny. it's just it's just wreck yourself. It doesn't have Gotta to be. Gotta check yourself before you wreck yourself. Before you wreck, wreck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part about that, people, was the hand movement there. If you, I wish you guys could see it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she became a very white rapper for a moment. Wow, wow. It, wait, it, oh, it says the dude who had who had oh, here a little go. rap stint back I in did. the eighties. Yes, I did. And what was your name? The plain white rapper. <laughs> 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 if you are in after hours, please feel free to bring that up. Don't even think about as it. As many times as you would Don't like. even think about it. We'll talk to you about after hours here in a second. How but dare let's you. let's pass the mic over to you and let you sound off for a little bit. To the plain white rapper? Yeah, why don't okay. you mm-hmm. why don't you sound off there? Alright, well we have a little segment that we do on the show that we like to call Would You Rather And today's Would You Rather is would you rather have a YouTube video go viral of you singing naked in the shower? Okay. Or get caught spying on your crush while they are singing naked in the shower? <laughs> well, I feel like that happens to me like every day because you're always singing and I creep on That's you. That's true. I creep on you. 
That's true. Well, I'm glad I'm your crush. That's good news. <laughs> he like comes out and I'm like, eh, like this creep <laughs> face. So creepy. <laughs> okay. Okay. So would it be something like, like a, like a, like a TV crush? Like, cause I mean, how, how do you deal if you, if you have a spouse? Okay. So yeah, it would be your, um, celebrity crush. How about that? And they catch me creeping on me. Peep, peep showing through the window. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with that. That's not that bad for me. Like I would be pretty, I, I'd be more concerned that I, if I was like breaking and entering or if I was like on somebody's property, like where I could get. Well, like, there's that part of it. Like for sure. some legal ramifications versus yeah. if I was singing naked in a YouTube video and it went viral, that could actually be a really great, like, <laughs> Good marketing to my business. That's know? true. Good more exposure. I'm really, really comfortable with my body. And I have no, you're always like, I can't keep clothes on her. I know, I can't. (laughs) That's not the case as much anymore. But that's true. Yeah, I used to be quite the exhibitionist. So I think I would, I'd still go with that one. What about you? I would rather have a video of myself singing in the shower go viral. You could possibly get like a a recording contract. Oh, stop. (laughs) Mr. Smith sings really well. Don't. Look, don't American Idol contestant me here. <laughs> I suck. No, he has. I, I'm, I'm definitely not going to get a record contract. Let's start there. Well, not yeah, not a record contract, but if you would have studied, I think you could have had like a. Oh, thanks, man. Plus, like nowadays with all the auto tune, you don't really even have to. That's sing. true. I can just auto tune that. That's shit. right. That's yeah. right. So we would love to hear what you would rather. We discuss it every single week over in my After Hours Facebook community. And I mentioned that just a little bit earlier. What we do over there is we talk about the biggest takeaways from the pod. We You get to connect with both myself and Mr. Smith is in there, comes in for a little cameo here and there. I do. And we talk about the would you rather every single Monday. And it's really funny to hear what people are advocating for and what their reasoning behind it is. It is. Mr. Smith cracks the whip on any loopholes. And, you know, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg because I do – a weekly training over there every single Thursday where I sound off on things that have come up from the community. Lots of great camaraderie and support. There's a whole resource vault that you can access a bunch, a bunch of additional materials. So come hang out. All you have to do is go to the joyjunkie.com slash club. And that redirects you right over to our little corner of the internet. We would after love to hang hour. out. It's the <laughs> after right. hour show. Yes. Darlene, Mr. Smith is going to do that. So you don't ever have to splice it in. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about five ways to check yourself before you rig and wreck yourself. <laughs> that is so funny. So I, it's hard for me to say it without doing that. Like when I read the title, I'm like, oh man. All right. So number one, you got to check your judgment and blame. So here's the deal. When anything goes awry in our life or things are a little more uncomfortable than they normally are, or you're feeling frustrated or despondent or kind of down in the dumps, most of the time we want to pinpoint whose fault it is. Mm -hmm. We really want to zero this in of like, well, if my husband wasn't such an asshole or if my boss wasn't such a micromanager or if my best friend wouldn't be leaning on me for all of this support or, you know, my schedule, my this, my that, my apartment complex, my house, my, you know, and we just want to blame on all of these external things rather than take some responsibility. So judgment and blame are very 
are, are actually very different, right? And I have done specific podcasts all about judgment and also all about blame. So if any of the stuff that I talk about here under number one really hits home for you, be sure to check out the show notes because I'll include the links to those other podcasts for your reference. What do you or who do you constantly complain about? This is one of the best places to zero in on where do I need to establish a boundary or where am I chronically blaming my hardship and on somebody else or on another circumstance, like the way that my company functions or the way my boss comes down on me or my subordinates, they don't, I can't lean on them. When we are constantly focused on the complaint rather than the solution, we really lock ourselves into sort of this victim stance. And we don't ever intentionally do that. We're not like, oh, let me, let me just be a, become a complainer. No, we're genuinely trying to expel something that's been frustrating for us, which is completely fine as long as it doesn't become chronic. So this is the question that I want you to ask yourself. Where do I chronically complain and with whom? Like, who do I chronically complain about over and over again? And don't do anything about that. It's likely that it's easier to reside in this place of blame. In fact, this came up in after hours just last week where somebody said to me, this was part of the one of the trainings that I do on Thursdays. She had asked, why is it so much easier to blame than it is to pick up the pieces and like take responsibility. And I said, because you don't have to do jack shit except be angry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very, very simple. You don't have to do anything else. There's no introspection. You don't have to look at your role in the matter. You don't have to look at anything other than pointing fingers. And that's easier. The same way it's easier to usually eat a bunch of cake than it is to eat kale, right? Like (laughs) it takes an active effort to say, I'm going to eat healthy for the grand scheme of my life, for the betterment of my life, I'm making this choice. The same is true when we deal with personal development. It will always be easier to blame. It will almost always be easier to be negative to yourself than it is to be positive. It is about a conditioning and it's about looking deeper. And the benefit is that you get to really take back your control and your power. We'll talk a little bit more about victimhood here coming up. But when you're locked into that constant blame, you're essentially saying, I cannot be happy unless this person magically changes, unless this organization magically changes, unless my scenario magically changes, then I can be happy. Otherwise, I'm just going to stand here and be pissed at those people. So you are catering to this massive suffering on your own behalf. So start looking at this question of what and with who do I constantly complain? I'm talking habitual over and over again, and you haven't taken action or talking to the, talked to the person involved in order to resolve the conflict. Ask yourself this question. What is my role in the matter? Sometimes your role is just to be vocal. That's it. Hmm. It's the fact that there's something that's happening in your your group that you work with, maybe with your team, or maybe it's a part of a a school group that you're allied with or something like that, where you just simply haven't shared your frustration. That happens a lot because most of the time, if we can't get that out, that frustration out in the workplace or with our partner, we get that frustration out elsewhere. And Mm. it's usually to give somebody else an earful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So take a second and just look at, is there anything here that I really need to own? Is there anything that I can shift or alter? What is my role in the matter? And a lot of times, you guys, your role is your silence. So check that out a little bit and see if it is, if that rings true for you. Now, juxtapose that against judgment is a little bit different, all right? Judgment, I think, more often than not, has a lot to do with how you are feeling about yourself. When we are extremely critical of other people, it usually falls in two different camps. Either it's in direct opposition to a core value. You know, we see this a lot with like the political arena where there's things that we're, we might be critical of because we find them so morally reprehensible. Okay. They, they really conflict with a value. That's one thing to extend some judgment. And I know judgment has a really negative connotation, but sometimes judgment is, is available for us to decipher what the right solution is for us. Right. So I can determine if I judge the scenario and go, okay, hmm. That does not feel right to me to have children in cages at the border. I'm going to actually be critical of that, right? So I don't think that it always has to have a negative connotation. However, I think that by and large, the more common use of judgment is when we are in conflict with ourselves. For example, it's easy to be critical of others who are being successful when what we really want is that same level of a success. Or perhaps you are, it's easy for you to nitpick maybe a subordinate or micromanage a subordinate when what's really happening is your own control issues, your own issues around needing to always be in control, have everything be flawless, be the last one, you know. So a lot of times that judgment is a great entry point for you to start asking yourself, is this truly a judgment about them or is it almost a mirror of some stuff that I've been going through? Hmm. I'll give you, I'll give you an, an example kind of from my own life. And I don't know if you could p- perhaps relate to this as well. But I know that if I am insecure about something that's happening in my life, when I was younger, it was so much more about my body image and really about my skin. You know, I think I've shared with you that I used to have extremely acneic skin. So a lot of my body image issues were wrapped up around that. So if I was in a lot of self-loathing around my body or, you know, now it's more around my triggers are more around business. So if I'm struggling in that area, it's so much more likely that I'm going to be judgmental of somebody else or that I am going to assume that they're going to be judging me the same way I judge me. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that person's going to think I'm not successful if I don't think I'm successful. Got it. That person's not going to think that I'm attractive if I don't think that I'm attractive. And that's not usually what's happening in our mind. We don't think it through in those logical means. We just have this insecurity about us and end up projecting it elsewhere. It was something that happened for me was I, as, as I've shared with you many times, am very much a recovering perfectionist and have had to relinquish control a lot. And I realized this many years ago when I had, it was my first, my very first assistant who was helping me out. And I remember having a coaching session with my coach where I was just so 
furious about the job just not getting done as perfectly <laughs> as I wanted it to. And I was so incredibly frustrated. And we started coming back to, hey, is there anything happening here where you're, you aren't affording yourself any room for error? Because I was not affording yeah. her any room for error. Is there a place where I'm not allowing room for error with myself, where I'm holding myself to a higher standard that's just not attainable? That's what I'm talking about. When the judgment externally is really kind of a mirror for what's happening with yourself. Hmm. And if you're really critical of like people in your business, let's say, because they're doing X, Y, and Z, how does that actually relate to you? And it might not be a direct parallel or a direct correlation, but I do think it's worth examining and looking at. Now, I will say if blame is something that you really struggle with, whether or not it's external blame where you're blaming other people or you are blaming yourself, that is something that I talk about at length in my most recent workshop. If you haven't caught this yet, it's completely free. It's pretty damn amazing <laughs> if I do say so myself. And you should. And you can go there and sign up. It's over at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. I'll also put that in the show notes as well. That will show you a bunch of the ways that blame manifests itself in our relationships and then how that locks us into some of these behaviors like people-pleasing, perfectionism, self-doubt, not feeling enough. Because if we've blamed ourselves or if we blamed other people and we're residing in that place, most of the time we're just we're not feeling so good. We're not happy. We're not confident. It's all very cyclical. So in this workshop, I untangle a lot of that. We talk about why sometimes positive affirmations don't work. So if you haven't caught that workshop, please, please do so. And it really highlights the five major components that I believe are necessary to get you to that place where you genuinely believe you're enough, which equals happiness, truly. And you'll, uh, it just gives you a much deeper dive and an understanding of the work that I do. So don't hesitate to check that out. All right. So we got number one, check your judgment and blame. Number two, check what you've created as truth. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I'm going to link to that in the show notes, but it's episode 298. And it's all about the truth that we create in our own minds, which is essentially our self-talk. Just a quick kind of recap from last week, the deal with our self-talk is anything that goes through our minds is pretty much presented as truth. It's presented as fact, even though it's usually an inference or an opinion or a perspective. In our minds, we go, oh, that must be factual. And then we kind of live into it. And the only way to change that is to recognize that truth that you're creating. And it usually sounds something like, well, that's just not possible, or I, I'm just not good enough, or I could never accomplish that, or gosh, I'm just so gross, or I'm so fat, or I'm so this. And we're saying these negative things to ourselves over and over again. And unless we are actively having a conversation with ourselves where we go, wait a minute, that was kind of a mean thing to say. Where did that come from? And dismantle it in some way, it just runs rampant. I'm sure nice. you can very much relate. So everything is going to be presented as truth in your mind. The place that I would love for you to start here is to look at your absolutes. Look at the things that you say that 
in your mind sound set in stone. And what I mean by an absolute is something like, I can't, never, always, that's just not possible. You know, where it's kind of like a line in the sand, like, nope, like kind of affirmative in your own mind. I yeah. can't, I won't, I shouldn't, that's not fair, that's da-da, where it's really, really hard. That's where I want you to start looking at, is that really true? Like, oh, I could never say that to him. Is that really true or is that I won't say that to him? Mm-hmm. If it's, oh, well, that's just not possible. Okay, is are you sure about that? Is that really, really true? In fact, Byron Katie, if you aren't familiar with her, I'm going to link to her in the show notes as well. But she has, her body of work is literally called The Work, doing the work. And it's a whole series of questions to kind of excavate for your truth. And one of the things is very simple. She just says, is that true? And your first gut instinct is to say, yes. Yes, it is true. I'm not enough. Yes, it is true. I am ugly. Yes, it is true. Right. And then she counters it with a second question of, can you know without a shadow of a doubt that that is absolutely factually true? And then you kind of go, oh. Well, I guess some people think I'm beautiful. Well, I I guess there are some possibilities. But we're so locked into that perspective. And a lot of times it's very victim-y. And it's attached to the things that are in our way instead of the solution. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want you to start looking looking at. Do you have any of those things through your mind? I can't do that. I have to. I should. Not possible. Always. Check for those words in your internal self-talk. Be sure to check out last week's episode. I think that will be helpful in doing so. And then contest it. Is it really true? All right. So we got check your judgment and blame. Check what you've created is truth. Number three, check your victimhood at the door. So we've talked a lot about victimhood as it relates to blame. One of the biggest gateway words to blame is why. Why did Mm. this happen to me? Why him? Why me? Why this day? Or... Tell me if this sounds familiar, where you go, well, of course that would happen to me. Well, of course that would happen today. Well, of course. (laughs) And it's basically saying, my life is shitty, so of course more shitty things are happening. Guess what that is, my friend? Manifestation. That's manifestation. If you're wallowing in this place where your energy is vibing at this negative – like, of course you're noticing all the negative shit that's happening. We're going to talk about that here actually in a second. So with regards to victimhood, watch the why and substitute what. So instead of contending with a really shitty situation by saying, why is this happening to me? Or why did I get let go? Or why don't they love me? Or whatever. Ask yourself, what? What is the learning? What was I supposed to experience throughout this this scenario? What was I meant to learn from this? And I had a very egregious situation that I very much used this exact tool when my father passed away in 07. And I remembered thinking, my God, he's this beautiful human, this beautiful spirit, gone at 58, which is so young. Yeah. And I remembered thinking I could very easily slip into the why. Why him? Why me? It's so unfair. But I knew that that rabbit hole would only lead to more discomfort and sad and no solution. Really, like you don't ever really get the answer. No, no booming voice says, I'll tell you why, Amy, because you needed to. No, that never happens. We just spin around in that victim-y place. So I changed it to what? What was I meant to learn through this experience? 
And ultimately, my conclusion was it was meant to teach me gratitude. I had lived the better portion of my life with little intense hardship. And that was the biggest trauma that I had experienced. And that just gave me immense gratitude. The fact that I, that he married and officiated the wedding of Mr. Smith and I, That's right. that I had such an incredible relationship with him, that I was there when he passed. All of those things, I was just moved beyond to uh, kind of embrace that gratitude piece. Did it mean that I didn't feel grief? Fuck no. But I got to decide what that event meant in my life. Mm-hmm. And it sure as fuck wasn't going to be a victim. I was going to be a survivor, quite literally. So think about this as it relates to you. A couple of other places that people tend to get locked into victimhood is one-upping, where they say, oh, well, you think that's bad. Try this. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't have what I had. Oh, well, let me tell you think that And it is so annoying. And I'm like, tell me more about how much your shitty stuff is more, is worse than mine. It's just not fun to be around. It's just not, and it's not encouraging and it's not enjoyable, period. And you usually don't feel that great about it. You might have a little endorphin release when you're one-upping somebody, but it doesn't, it's not sustained happiness. Also look at colluding. In your workplace, with best friends, are there times when you collude and you just want to talk shit about how awful your boss is or how awful your husbands are or your wives? Or is there a way in which you come together with your siblings maybe and talk shit on your parents? Those are victim-y stances. Now, it's one thing to have like, you know, well, guess who did what again, you know, and kind of laugh about it. But if you stay there and you're upset and you're focused, congratulations, you're locked into victimhood. And that's a really sad place to be because you're without power, because you're kind of going, again, all these other people need to do things in order for me to be happy. So what I would advocate for here is to ask yourself the question, what can I do? What is within my power? So using these two tools of asking what was I meant to learn through this experience instead of why me? And what can I do instead of, I can't do that. It's not possible. That would be the trash can. That would be the trash can. And and what do we say about that? What do we say? We say, we put it in the trash can. We say, throw it in the trash can. Throw it in the trash can. (laughs) I was like, wait, wait, what? He he was looking at me like, wait, wait, is it my turn to talk? I forget. (laughs) I forget. All right. So check your victimhood at the dope. Number four, check out what is and is not your responsibility. I'm sure you've heard me say this. If you've been hanging around in the pod for a while, you are responsible for your intention, mm-hmm. not your reception. Yes. This is true. about understanding you are in control of you. You are in control of how you show up, how you deliver information. That means your tone of voice. That means the words that you choose to say. It means your body language. It means your essence and your aura, who you are. That is who you are responsible for. What you're not responsible for is how everything lands. You could be sharing, you know, for example, I will share with people that we are child-free by choice. Some people, they think that that's unbelievably selfish and who's going to take care of you when you're old and they just can't imagine a life without children. Which is both selfish reasons. Right? (laughs) Exactly. There are people who are indifferent, could give a shit. They're like, oh, yeah, whatever, good for you. And then there are people who are like champion us. Like, good for you. That's awesome that you know that. More people should be that way. I'm that way too, blah, blah, blah. So 
I could present the same content in the same way with the same delivery and the same intention, and it could be received tons of different ways. It's virtually impossible to make sure that you are received flawlessly all across the board. You cannot make all people happy. You need to take care of how you are showing up. Are you proud of the person that you are? Here's the other piece about responsibility. And I've talked about this a little bit in some of the communication pods that we've done. You are always 100% responsible for your delivery and for your behavior. Yes. So what I mean by that is if you find out that your spouse is cheating on you, is it understandable that you would want to like throw all their stuff out on the lawn and like have a bonfire or go key their car or do something like that? Of course it's understandable. Is it acceptable? No, it's not acceptable. You are responsible for your behavior. You are committing a crime and you deserve the consequences. We are always responsible for our actions. So just because you've been wronged does not mean you get a free pass to be an asshole. You still have to deliver things with kindness and grace. You still have to handle yourself in a way Mm -hmm. in which you're proud. And it's one of the most challenging things in intimate partnerships. Absolutely. It really is. So when I say that, I'm not saying it like it's, you know, snap of the finger, it's super easy. But I do want you to be clear about what is your responsibility and what's not. Now, if you do handle yourself with grace and you do deliver information in a way in which you're proud and you're happy with your cadence, your rhythm, your delivery, your body language, then your side of the road is clean, my friend. How they respond is not your responsibility. What's also not your responsibility is to make everyone else happy. Despite what we've been told, we cannot make somebody feel something. It's 100% up to them. We can influence. We can be manipulative. (laughs) But that doesn't feel very powerful. But we cannot make somebody feel something. That is up to them. That's why we can't make mom and dad happy. We can't make our siblings happy. We can't love somebody so much they become happy. It's up to them. So I need you to understand what is your responsibility and what's not. All right. Number one, check your judgment and blame. Number two, check what you've created as your truth. Number three, check your victimhood at the door. Number four, check out what is and is not your responsibility. And number five, Check your energetic frequency. Ooh, that's a good one. This is one I actually used to, I used to teach this in Deep Down and Dirty, and I haven't done so in in many years. Deep Down and Dirty, by the way, is my extremely comprehensive, it's really the only way to work with me currently. And it's an immersion program that spans about three and a half months and basically takes you from being a people-pleasing perfectionist to being a bold and boundary badass. It's a really Mm -hmm. incredible program. Absolutely. I've seen people do crazy shit by going through deep down and dirty, like breaking up with horrible relationships, leaving toxic jobs, ending family relationships that are really awful, manifesting soulmates, getting back into shape, quitting smoking. I mean, all sorts of stuff. It's, it's pretty miraculous what you can do in your life when you actually like yourself. It's true. When you really have confidence innately and internally. Yeah. All right. So number five, check your energetic frequency. This is about what we feel versus what we want. A lot of times when we think about manifestation or about the things that we would like to call forth into our life, 
we think about all these things we want. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. Just declaring it really isn't enough. It's about feeling the feelings you want to have on a consistent basis. That is what typically manifests Hmm. more of the same. So again, when I was saying, if you are one of those people that your victim-y language sounds like, well, of course that would happen to me. Well, figures, knowing my (laughs) luck. If you reside in that sort of an energetic frequency, of course you're going to notice more and more scenarios where shitty things happen. Yep. It is a part of the frequency that you are locked into. It's almost like you are on one channel, you're on country, and you really, really want to listen to some hard rock. And you're like, why is there only country on here? Well, because you are hanging out on that one frequency over and over and over again. You have to literally change frequencies to get to the new sound. I love it. This is huge. So what I want you to think about is I want you to imagine or visualize whichever one hits home for you. I want you to imagine yourself. If you can close your eyes, do it, but don't do it while you're driving (laughs) (laughs) or cooking things hot. Picture yourself and then imagine sort of an aura, almost like a cloud of color. It might be a a specific color that you really enjoy, but it's it's sort of your energy bubble around you. Now, imagine if you were standing outside of yourself looking at you, looking at yourself, how would you describe how that person is radiating? Are they radiating a bunch of negativity? Are they complaining a lot? Is, are they always shy? Are they loving? What are all of the descriptors or character traits that you would use to describe how you vibe? What sort of frequency are you vibing at? So it's almost like, uh, you could, you could also use the metaphor of viewing yourself on a television screen or on a stage and think about how you would describe that character. Like, wow, she's got a lot of angst or wow. She's super kind and sweet or yeah. what or what would be the descriptors? That's your vibe. Uh-huh. That is your energetic frequency. So if you're describing things like insecure or low confidence, no wonder you're attracting things into your life that amplify the low confidence or la- amplify the shame because it's attracting that same frequency. I think of it kind of like social media posts. How so? Well, you know, there's that, there's, everybody has that one person that says, oh, it's Monday or, yeah. oh, you know, customer, every, people that um, are on my nerves today or, you know, just like a lot of negative, uh, pessimistic type things. Yeah. Like, whoa, is me. Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, okay, some Mondays. <laughs> that person, I imagine that they're always like that because that's what they post. Right. Right. They may not. Uh-huh. But that's the frequency that I'm getting from her. Right. Right? Where there's other people that are always putting inspiring things up or mm-hmm. uh, have a good sense of humor or, or things like that, right? Right. And it really exemplifies it's, who they are. Exactly. Exactly. At least who they're uh, pretending to be, right? And, and then you can usually see really similar posts about woe is me things. Yeah. Like if they constantly post negative things, they're usually posting negative things about their life. 
Like somebody yeah. stole something from me no, or, yeah. oh, I can't catch, catch a break. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. really interesting to watch that continuity. Yeah. So the solution then for you, you're right. It's absolutely yeah. mindset. Which if I may, um, one other meme that I found that I thought exemplifies the situation. Yeah. It's like, no, it doesn't suck. Monday doesn't suck. Your genetics don't suck. The weather doesn't suck. Your partner doesn't suck. Your negative mindset sucks. Yes. Stop complaining about what's missing in your life and go manifest the shit out of it. Right? Mic drop from Mr. Smith. (laughs) Right? Like that right there, I was like, that. 100% that. Absolutely. I mean, and that comes full circle because that's blame. Right. Right? It's my husband sucks. The economy sucks. My genetics sucks. The day of the week sucks. Yeah. Then it's like, of course, what do you think when you are operating under that mindset, what do you notice when you go through your life? Only the things that suck. You don't notice what a gorgeous day it is. You don't notice how your dog is actually a lot more healthy today than yesterday. You don't notice that your husband took out the the trash and you you have because you've been bitching at them about a bill that didn't get paid. You miss the magic when you are so acutely focused on the shit. I agree. So how do we fix it? Well, what you would do is start by looking at, okay, here's the aura that I'm vibing at. What would I rather be vibing at? Mm. It's like a would you rather. So it's a would you rather. Okay. So when you're looking at that character on the movie screen or when you're visualizing that person's aura, how would you want to describe it? How would you want to describe it? Would you want to say confident, empowered, loving, kind, compassionate, whatever it might be, whatever you really want to exemplify. And then you focus on that. Pick one. And look at what would it look like to go through my day today focused on gratitude, focused on grace, focused on kindness, focused on compassion. It is so simple. It is just a switch of focus. But most of the time, we are committed to our focus of misery. Why? Because, again, blame is fucking easier. You don't have to do a goddamn thing. Yeah. Right? The same way being... Immobile is easier than doing a really hard workout. That takes a shit ton of effort. But we do that for the payoff. We do that for the grand scheme of our life. We don't do that because we absolutely love the workout. I mean, some people do. And they they can die. (laughs) Uh, But we do it for the, the bigger picture, the bigger why, the bigger reason. So let's just do a quick little recap Five ways to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Really number, wreck yourself. Number one, check your judgment and blame. Oh, are you not coming in? A <laughs> uh, number two. A <laughs> uh, number two. <laughs> check what you've created as truth. Number three. Check your victimhood at the dope. Number four. Check out what is and is not your responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> that so didn't rhyme, but I love it. Number five. Check your energetic frequency. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, This is some fine quality entertainment right here. Are you not entertained? Oh, my God. All right, guys. I hope that this has been really helpful for you and you've grabbed some little nuggets. And as always, please decide on at least one of these that you're going to implement this week. Otherwise, it just becomes a good idea. And collecting good ideas doesn't change a goddamn thing. So get yourself into action. Let's start to hit the mat. Let's implement. And if you want to go deeper and you want to find some more information about how I work or about the transformation that's totally and completely possible for you, be sure to check out that workshop all about people-pleasing perfectionism and self-doubt. You can find it over at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. It's a great watch. 
And everything else, thank you, baby, everything else that I've mentioned, all the additional pods, I also did a podcast on manifestation that I'll include it as well as a, a link for Byron Katie if you want to check her out as well. So I think that's everything. Anything else you wanted to throw in the space? No, I think that's it. I loved that meme that you shared. It's great, right? It's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely. All right, so we'll see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.